good. So let's start recording. Episode 407, right? 407. It's a solar rant. Uh, I still feel like absolute shit. But I'm back home, not dog watching anymore. And I wasn't going to do an episode. And uh, I was listening to an audiobook. Annie Jacobson, who's one of my favorite authors, her new book, First Platoon, all about like biometrics and shit. But it got my brain turning. And I was sitting here playing Just Cause, listening to it. And I was like, I kind of want to just talk about it. And, yeah, I mean, if it's not a good episode, then lesson learned, you know, or I'm not feeling good, take time off, but, um, oh yeah, and also, as anyone saw what I posted yesterday, I, the most subscribers I've ever lost in a day, I think, was 20, and it was, uh, January 6th, when I uploaded video from the Capitol, understandably, not a lot of people like that, I get it, that's fair, um, but, uh, yeah, so yesterday I somehow lost 366 subscribers over an, the course of an hour. I just refreshed it, dropped by 366, over 10%, which is absurd. And I somehow lost 17,000 views. They said it took me back about 15 days worth of views. Little do they know, I track everything every day like a psychopath on Excel. <clears throat> and I save the file as a new file every single day. So I have like 500 of these files. But not that it matters, because not that they give a shit whether or not I have the data, but whatever, fuck them. You know, if it's not, it's like, it's like what my buddy Ivan said when I first met Ivan. Ivan's a six foot four bodybuilder. He was Mr. Bulgaria. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm tired. That's not what Ivan said. That's what I'm saying. I'm tired. So this podcast might be subpar. I hope it's not. We're going to try to rally. Let's see if we can do a strong 30 minutes. Let's just try. But uh, Ivan's a bodybuilder. I remember remember when I met him, summer 2011, about a decade ago, he said his back hurt from lifting weights. And I said, well, what are you going to do about it? And he said, lift more weights so my back gets stronger. And I was like, that's that's such just like former Soviet bloc mentality. Ed Moore. It's, fuck yeah. You know, what are we going to do about nuclear proliferation? Build the biggest H-bomb ever. Okay. So, you know, there's not much I can do. There's nothing I can do. And to quote the great Tim Dillon, don't make, don't, don't make your channel about being suppressed and being censored. It's a thing, and it's a thing that does happen. But address it and then move on to the next thing. It's walking around saying, woe is me. That's that's not fun for anyone to listen to. That's not, no one wants to tune into that. So with that, let's fuck off and jump into the new thing. I want to think of, talk about like predictions. For what I think society seems to be going in. This isn't some philosophical or I'm 14 and this is deep type thing. It's not based on nationalism, as I have the flag behind me. It's not based on philosophy. It's certainly not based on what I want to happen. But it's based on what I think is going to happen. And really, there's there's two divisions. You can go one way, and that's the way that says the mind creates reality. 
in which case none of this is going to happen unless I want it to happen, meaning that you have to focus on the good. Even if you don't believe the good's going to happen, you just still say it to yourself until it comes true. And then the other is if that's not how reality works, if that's, you know, if there isn't some quantum physics double slit experiment <clears throat> effect on reality. So right there, there's a bifurcation. Like Alan Watts said, there's only one, there's only one philosophical question, whether or not to commit suicide. Everything else stems from, did you go left or right? Um, yes. That, that just made me, pull. yeah, seven years ago, 10 day in 10 days, seven years ago, I lost my brother to suicide. So just side note, shout out John. Um, but so go left and we say the mind creates reality, in which case let the universe, let the record show that I want there to be a utopia with no suffering, equality for all and everlasting bliss together forever in peace. Now let's go on the other avenue. What does the data, what do my perceptions, what do trends, what does everything look like we're going to? Well, one, what we already have is the manipulation of social media, right? And Operation Mockingbird, and then obviously there's a new generation of uh, of media, I guess, clearinghouses. You'd say Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, maybe Snapchat, TikTok, right? And it's very easy for the government to control six CEOs. It's a lot easier for them to control six CEOs than it is for them to control, you know, 60,000 different avenues. <clears throat> it's like how uh, AT&T got to avoid uh, an antitrust lawsuit in the 70s, I think. Uh, there, was some, there was some complaint about money. Man, I've got this, look at that wave of hair. That calic, Jesus Christ. It looks like a crashing wave. That legitimately looks like a rooster tail. That looks that looks retarded. That looks. I never realized just how stupid that looked. It just blows up. Shit's dumb as shit, man. Um, but AT and T was able to avoid a uh, an antitrust lawsuit in the seventies, as per Garrett Graff's Raven Rock because the Pentagon stepped in and said that would be a direct threat to national security. And it was because AT&T had built this, uh, this parallel, 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 uh, communications backbone. that had, I think five tiers of prioritized communications between basically like the power elite going from like, you know, brigadier generals all the way up to the president. And they had these different, and it was independent of the communications backbones for us peons. So it wasn't just a different network, you know, like a classified Verizon or something. It was an actual separate, you know, telephone poles, like an independent system. <clears throat> and they're able to avoid that breakup. Um, it wasn't stated why, Maybe behind closed doors it was, but it was just stated that you can't break up AT&T because that would be a direct threat to national security. 
and that gap tooth is getting crazy. But um, so yeah, like why isn't uh, like Google, you know, being broken up for an antitrust thing, right? It seems that they have overwhelming sway over uh, our our perception of reality, especially now with COVID. Not now with COVID. It's April fifth, twenty twenty one. But more than ever, we are getting our reality truly through our f- screens and only our screens. I mean, that's normally like a boomer trope, like, hey, just get off your screen. But now it truly is the case where it's like, that is where, I mean, mandated by law. A lot of it is you can only get your reality through your screen. And you'd think that those companies would be split up. But like AT&T in the 70s, you have to wonder, is it in their best interest? It's like, what is that movie? Cesario? Sicario? S-I-C-A-R-I-O? About all the cartels and border patrol and shit. And I think in the second one, I've never seen either of them. I've just watched clips, though. In the second one, there's like someone from the CIA... Like, someone from, like, Border Patrol, like, sees someone, they have, like, an agency badge, and they're like, what the hell is the CIA doing here? And the CIA is like, it's more peaceful when all the cartels are working together, because then there's only one entity you need to control. It's it's a bloodbath when you have them all battling against each other. So, I mean, could it be said that the power elite, which call it the CIA... Um, but really the whole intelligence community, the military industrial, the military intelligence industrial complex, MIIC, I guess, want it all under control, right? And the importance of, of social media manipulation is your ability to make, to make the majority believe that the opinions of the minority are the majority, So if me and five friends are all in a suburban and I say, who wants to go to McDonald's and four friends say me, and I say, who wants to go to KFC and two friends say me, we all clearly want McDonald's. Those last two people might also then be swayed to say, "Never mind, I want McDonald's because they want to be part of the group. If we are all separated and only communicating over group text and everyone votes on a little poll, you know, who wants McDonald's and then I can manipulate the results to say, so like you might say, I want KFC. I can then manipulate the results so that each person only knows their vote. Maybe they said KFC or maybe they say McDonald's. And I tell them, okay, I got your vote, so we got one vote for McDonald's. By the way, the other five guys voted for KFC. Oh, fuck, okay, then I vote for KFC. But each person, all six might have voted for McDonald's. But if I tell them all that everyone else voted for KFC, they might be encouraged to change and they go, okay. Or maybe they won't even change their opinion, but they won't question the group consensus. Because everyone else said it, right? Obviously, they can all get together, and once we're at KFC, they go, yeah, I mean, I want a McDonald's, and everyone goes, yeah, me too, and they go, wait, what? And they all realize they've been duped. But 
that example doesn't work because the social media manipulation I'm talking about is between millions of people that can't all get together. And by the time they did, I mean, this manipulation happens like multiple times an hour every day. So if you could somehow rally a million people all together, you have to plan it six months in advance by the time they all got together and somehow took a consensus, you know, they'd be 10,000 consensuses behind, if that makes sense. Because it happens multiple times an hour, so it's effectively unchallengeable. So you can change group consensus, right? It's like, uh, it's like when a post will rise on Reddit about, uh, like, Moderna vaccines, Moderna vaccines, or, I don't know, like, trans, like, uh, opinions on should kids get hormone blockers or something, or whatever, um, you'll, you'll see it get taken down, and it's because everyone starts seeing that everyone else actually feels the same way, but you can't have that, so if you have a minority opinion, uh, whatever it is, we'll just choose a non-politicized one, uh, that the fucking, I don't know, Falcon Stadium changes or something. No one wants it changed, but you push that content to the top of Reddit and you give it 100,000 upvotes and 2,800 little gay digital awards. Everyone else starts to think that's the case. And you go in and you look at all the top comments and those are all artificially bumped up that it's all going for it. When you go into Reddit, and if you're not outright banned, if you're not outright shadow banned, what they will do is they'll put, like, time limits on you. So if I go into our politics and I say, um, uh, I'm against the tax hike. I'm not trying to make this, I don't give a shit, I'm not trying to make this political, I don't give a fuck, but let's just use, or fuck it, let's say Trump's still in office, and I say I'm against the kids in cages. Let's say this is a conservative Reddit. And everyone downvotes me. To where my, my comment gets negative 20 karma. Well, in each subreddit, <clears throat> you build up sort of like a, like a, like a credit score, and it's not you, the user, don't see it. But it is true on each subreddit that once your average score reaches a threshold, so maybe if you have a a one-off comment that wasn't popular, you get a negative 20 karma, whatever, but you make one comment every hour for a month and your average comment karma is five, it, it, it brings your average, your average isn't negative 20. But let's say you make comments every day challenging the status quo. Once your average karma goes below a certain point, you now have to wait seven minutes between posting, and then it was recently changed to 14 minutes. So if the group think downvotes you and says you can't speak, then you indeed can't speak until it's every 14 minutes. And anyone that's ever been on Reddit, much like early AOL or Facebook or something, comments happen, I mean, uh, not as fast, but I mean, pretty close to real time. It's, it's a going conversation. So imagine if we're all in a group text and we're talking about KFC and Taco Bell and you say, I want KFC, Taco Bell sucks. 
you then can't reply for 14 minutes. And no one else doesn't know that you can't reply for 14 minutes. It just looks like you're not replying for 14 minutes. So the conversation keeps going. By the time you get back in, the conversation is moved to Kanye's new album. By the time you get back in, it's moved to, I don't know, oil reserves in Ukraine. Right? So there's this whole way of exclusion and manipulating reality to make people think that this is what other people think. And that's incredibly uh, nefarious, right? Um, YouTube took off the comments for the White House. You can't read the comments. They took away the dislike button. They removed dislikes. Hey, man, whether it's Trump or Biden, like just let 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 it, let it fly. If someone says something inappropriate, well, you have your terms of service, just remove them. You don't need a new set of laws. If someone threatens the president, then the Secret Service will take care of it, as they should. But, so that's just one way, right? Media, social media, changing your perception of what other people think. Another avenue we're moving towards is... Well, um, Eye in the Sky, Rise of the Gorgon Stare by Arthur Hall and Michael is about the persistent, the persistent surveillance capabilities of one, and this is from 2015, an Argus camera, A-R-G-U-S. I don't remember what it's, it stands for, but it's, it's Argus, 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 it's Argus-I-S. I don't remember what it stands for, but Annie Jacobson talks about it, but I had originally heard about it in Arthur Hall and Michael's book, Eye in the Sky, Rise of the Gorgon Stare, which I cannot recommend high, highly enough, that that is such a fantastic, Annie Jacobson's new book, First Platoon, is pretty good, I like it, it's not my favorite of hers, Eye in the Sky, Rise of the Gorgon Stare, that's on another level of, of, of terror, if you want to read that, or listen to it, it's great, great narrator as well. But basically, it's the it's one Argus camera at seventeen thousand five hundred feet can in real time collect as much as two thousand predator drones, which may sound like a typo or an exaggeration, but it no it is indeed the case. So it can track whole cities worth of movements not even looking for a particular person it can just record everything in gigapixel quality video by the way not camera not not a photo video so like google earth live they were testing them over baltimore in 2015 after the uh the freddie gray trial um and what these things do is it's not just the analogy i use when sorry my foot stuck the analogy i use when i talk about the the and the, I think the program above Argus is called Gorgon Stare, G-O-R-G-O-N. The analogy I use for this is how Arthur Hall and Michael describes it. It's not, it's not video feed from the sky in the traditional sense. Imagine like a late '90s cops episode, right? And the guy, you know, crashes the car into the ditch and he gets out and runs. And they have the, you see the video overhead, right? And it's an IR video or thermal. 
and you see it kind of panning around, right? It's always changing because the helicopter is, is orbiting. So there's always, right, you're looking at a guy, but then a tree gets in the way, and then the house gets in the way. It's always, right? So <clears throat> what the Gorgon Stare does is because you can have a couple of these drones up there, so you get the whole stereoscopic vision. What it does is it's a direct vertical video, and they use software to overlay it onto what looks like a high-resolution map. So what it looks like is more akin to like a Petri dish, where you have things that are static, not moving, houses, roads, lawns, you know, fences, whatever, McDonald's. And the things you have moving are people and cars moving around like like blood sample or like blood in like a vein. So it's not it's not the shitty camera crew kind of shot from like the traffic copter. It's a direct down vertical petri dish type thing. And it can record whole cities like that. Just a couple drones up there. Never got to break the feed. Have another one go up there and fill its spot and then have one bank off and go refuel. Right? Never break the chain. Like strategic air command. You always have one of the the E-4Bs up in the sky. So they can watch everything. And that's just from the air. Now, let's pull it in with the National Security Agency, right? What if they're looking through every phone? Every traffic cam? Every ATM camera? Every doorbell cam? Every camera on your laptop? In addition to the vertical Gorgon stare, which, just like all spy systems, will eventually move to space. Just like from the U-2 to the SR-71 to the Corona, the Keyhole, and the Hexagon satellites. This will eventually go into space with the same resolution, high-def video. And you would do a whole array of them you would do like a Dyson sphere of these so you could also have stereoscopic vision so you could you could pan around and then with all the apertures the cameras throughout the world you could log into any one of those at any time every microphone every every tower pinging data metadata back and forth you start to all the social media information, where are you staying, where are you posting from, where is your phone pinging multiple times a second from where you are. Man, you start to get the panopticon. You see everyone at every time. And then you can manipulate what they're thinking. And you could watch in real time as you changed you know for example like what's trending on youtube or instagram or twitter you could then right, and they don't and they i think they use like predictive software for like riots they can see like use of hashtags movement of people walking they can i, th- I know the pentagon was working on this like a decade ago or darpa excuse me <coughs> Wuhan. 
but you can kind of predict almost like minority report like pre-cop pre-crime insert pre-cum joke but like pre-crime you can predict riots which i can only imagine that software is getting better and better whenever this stuff goes offline you can't find it it's not that they dropped it it's that they realized just how good it is and they classified it again so you could use hyper intelligent ai software to predict something maybe you predict something like uh, january 6th right a Trump tweet to then posts on Reddit and the Donald and Twitter or Parler or Cloud Hub or Gab or whatever. You can then track metadata of the phones of people, hotel bookings. You could then use Gorgon Stare or Argus, which I'm sure was above DC that day. I'm sure there's high def video of everyone there, myself included. Well, you could predict this thing happening. You could then use social media manipulation to offset what's going on in the physical world. You could have people posting on pro-Trump boards. Uh, I'm not going to go. This seems like a bad idea. And you'd artificially inflate that to have more upvotes and more supporting comments and using shadow banning and 14-minute interval delays on people who are for the rally. And you could actually see in real time less people going. Now, it's obviously in its, its infancy, as far as I'm aware of, it's in its infancy. But I can only imagine that's going to become a well-honed, polished tool. The next thing is robotics. I've talked about this before. When you have robotics, so I just, I think of like the iRobot robots, right? Bipedal humanoid. Just, just for shits and giggles, let's just, let's say it's that. Let's say that's where Boston Dynamics goes. So initially you have the, the surveillance of physical reality on the earth, the Petri dish. You can then use social media manipulation to have a real effect on the physical world. So you're using this intangible, ethereal software to actually change the number of warm bodies going to, say, a, a DC or a, a Portland or a whatever. Well, then you go one step further right you go one step further instead of having to use software to to physically impact the world you could then use robots to actually impact the world right it's kind of I've been hesitating to use this analogy, but I mean, it's like Harry Potter, right? When Voldemort's not strong enough, when he's still just like a little baby, he's like a spirit almost, and he can't even walk. He uses people around him to do what he needs until finally he becomes strong enough to get his own body, and then he is physically in this world. Or like a demon possessing someone versus a demon taking on a real form in this world. So it's a so you use software to manipulate the world, far enough down the road you get robotics to do it so let's take a page out of ace combat 7 
for the uninitiated. There is there is a there is a living legend in the game. He was the best fighter pilot of all time. He's like a living Michael Jordan. And what they do is they scan his brain to get all of his talent. And they want to then put that talent in limitless drones, an unlimited number of drones. If one of them dies, it doesn't matter. Just send out a new one. They all work in unison. So let's say you take a, a guest that I have on this podcast a lot. I'm a Dr. Dale Comstock, youngest ever member of Delta Force in the CIA Special Activities Division. What if you took his mind and scanned it? And then you had that on, you know, a Faraday protected hard drive in NORAD, and you could just copy it <coughs> and upload that onto, uh, you know, iRobots. You then have a hundred Dale Comstocks, a thousand, ten thousand, ten million. You could have these things that don't get tired, they don't age. They're made out of carbon fiber, nanotubes, carbon nanotubes, like titanium webbing, bulletproof. They can run at 50 miles an hour. They can jump 30 feet in the air. You could change their eyes to have, you know, a thousand X magnification so they can see what a sniper sees. Perfect, uh, you know, like a tank driving. They do this test where they put the, uh, the, the mug of beer on the tank barrel and they drive the tank through the woods and it's bumping on shit but the stable the stabilization system keeps the the turret straight and they had that back in like the 70s well imagine these robots running through the woods holding up a gun or they wouldn't even need to hold it up i guess it would just be built into their arms they would have stabilization technology magnifying scopes you would not only have 100,000 Dale Comstocks, but you could also have 100,000 Chris Kyles or Carl's Hathcocks. And they could fire with 100% accuracy while running. And not only that, you'd have hundreds of them. Even the best Delta Force team is going to pale in comparison to the synchronized, unified actions of these swarms of, of, of iRobot drones that are bulletproof why do they have to have two eyes why not ten two in the front on the sides on the back on the top 360 degrees and they're all syncing each other's data around them with gorgon stairs in the sky looking down onto the battlefield pinpointing individuals while these things are running at 50 miles an hour shooting armor piercing rounds out of their stabilized guns and they're not only in seeing in color but they're seeing in infrared thermal x-ray I mean I mean how the fuck do you stop that maybe they're surrounded in copper wiring maybe they're Faraday maybe they're Faraday protected all the while you're flying drones overhead that are just doing constant EMP bursts to destroy the enemy's ability to us humans ability to use radios to contact each other you know destroying the red dot on your scope everything gone why are they just you know why are these things just running 
why not? How come they're not flying? How come they're not jetpacks? What well, could we plan for them? Well, why do they have to? Why do they have to invade in a traditional way? Why does it have to be a D-Day invasion of robots? If they're not human, they can survive any amount of G-force. Why not put a hundred of these in the nose cone of an ICBM? Reach anywhere in the world in 30, uh, 30 minutes. Have these things come back in like Mervs, but instead of Mervs, they're iRobots. And they come and they crash into Earth and they unwind. Maybe a couple of them break, who cares? And then you have all these things that hit the ground and they just, they're immediately sprinting. I mean, are they optically camouflaged? Can you even see them? I mean, I mean, what the fuck? And they're all moving in unison. They have the eyes in the sky. They, And then not only that, I mean, do you have directed energy weapons in space, which we were working on in the 80s under the SDI, Strategic Defense Initiative. Particle beams, lasers, and directed energy weapons. Are those hitting the hardened targets that these robots can't hit? Are these robots working in unison? Are they like zombies in World War Z? Do they all get together to climb up a tall wall? I mean, these things could actually dodge bullets. The reflexes would be so fast that they could actually dodge bullets. I mean, and then we take into we take into account DARPA's uh, their uh, experimental robot they made, Eater, which runs off organic, which runs off organic tissue. It can eat a dead body to produce energy. So, I don't know, maybe you have these robots, maybe these robots are powered by, yeah, I don't know, I mean, if you have a phone, right, all technology gets scaled. So right now you have phones that don't need to be plugged in, you can just put them on wireless chargers. Well, pretty soon we're going to have chargers where you don't even need to put it on, right? It's like, you just have to be, it's a, it'll be like Wi-Fi, you just walk into the house and your phone starts charging. <clears throat> Well, pretty soon it's going to become not like Wi-Fi, but like a cell network to where if you're just connected to the network, your phone's charging to eventually it's going to be like Starlink to where your phone's just going to be charging anywhere in the world. Maybe these robots are being charged that way. Just independent of everything else. They don't need to take in fuel. They don't have fuel cells. Fuck nuclear power. They, they get their energy from the sky. Why do they have to be bipedal? Why can't you have, you know, why can't you have big crab-like, you know, robots? I don't know, like the the size of like, I don't know, the size of an Abrams tank, just driving around, picking up all the dead bodies that were eat, that were killed by the robots, and it burns those in the fuel to get rid of the bio waste. I mean. You, I mean, how do you stop that? That it, it's god tier technology. It's the A bomb compared to the ancient Egyptians. It's, they don't even have radar. They don't even understand flight. Let alone a fission bomb burst at fifteen hundred meters. I mean, is 
So then let's take one step further. Maybe us humans, you know, maybe we're not static. Let's play devil's advocate. Maybe we evolve right by the robots, right side by side. Maybe we start getting technological implants. Maybe we start getting neural links to where the base copy of Tommy is in a Faraday vault in NORAD. And this tissue body is just like an avatar that I'm walking around in. Sure, your robots can come kill me, but it's it's no different than dying in a video game. I just respawn somewhere else. Well, eventually, then the battlefield where right, it would it would go to, well, the, well, you would bump up from robots to then you'd go to nanobots to where it would just be swarms. Fuck seeing a bunch of iRobots running through the woods. That's archaic technology. What about an invisible mist of nanoparticulate traveling in the jet stream? I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know. It, it would, but then maybe we go alongside that, right? Maybe we also turn into nano machines. Well, then eventually it becomes a software battle. Yeah, we just software battling each other back and forth at light speed on the internet. There's no physical or battlefield anymore. I mean, it's all accelerating. So, black pill, white pill, we merge with the technology, we find world peace, we join some galactic federation, and we just love each other till the end of time. Black pill. The elite aren't going to flee the planet because they don't give a fuck about climate change. They're not going to try to stop it. They're, 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 why would they try to stop that? Fuck that. They don't give a shit. It's like when you finish robbing a nation, when you finish raping the treasury, you just move to another nation. You don't, you don't try to fix that one. I imagine what they would do is they would release a, a bioweapon. I mean, was COVID just a... Was that a dress rehearsal? See how nations respond. Were they collecting data from these Gorgon Stare programs to see how we, you know, <coughs> see how travel stopped, see where people, you know, migrated to and then stayed? You know, do you have thermal vision from orbit and you see most people move to their living rooms during quarantine or some shit? I don't know. Do they release another bioweapon, COVID 2.0? And it's just, I don't know. Why do 14 day? Do 14 month incubation period. Really spread it around. Why not give it 99.97% lethality? I mean, so what does that have to do with the rich fleeing the planet? Well, why try to flee the planet and have to build a breakaway civilization to go to some other habitable planet or go to Mars and terraform it? Why do that when you could just release a bioweapon and kill everyone here except for the power elite and then use 
your iRobot army to go seek out the people that survived, kill all them, and then use the Eater robots, which you could just shoot into areas from orbit, and they could come in and just eat all the organic waste so there's not just dead bodies everywhere. And then let the planet slowly heal itself, and then they have Shangri-La. And they no longer need us humans because they've now reached the point where they can just print robots that do the dirty work that they need us to do. Right? Because right now they use humans because they we st- they still need Foxconn. They still need Walmarts. They still need because technology hasn't quite gotten to the point where they don't need humans anymore. So they have to use us dumb cattle to get us to a technological point where the universities and defense industries create these robots and then finally get to a point where they're energy independent. They no longer need the human mind because what we are is we're just a form of processing power. And as we get to a point on price performance, the processing power is going to supersede that to where we no longer have any value to them. We're just breathing their oxygen. They're going to kill us all with some bioweapon and then they can have Earth to themselves, you know. And they they control, they have the robots, they can do whatever they want, they print whatever they want, they can each have their own 100 by 100 mile plot of land, pristine wilderness, destroy all the cities. I don't know. Or do they keep us around as some sick game because they're like cats and they like to play with their food? I don't know. Does at some point does the machine turn on them? Does it become self-aware and realize what these fucking psychopathic elite are doing to the people? Do they then turn on the elite? Or do they not turn on the elite to save us? Do they turn on the elite because... Fuck, what if they're using the... Just like the elite are using us people to usher in a technological age where they they can then replace us. What if the robots are using the elite? They use the elite to get rid of us and then they just get rid of the elite and then there's just robotics that rule the world. And then there's the idea from Mass Effect where every reason why there's the Fermi Paradox and we don't see any other life is because every 50,000 years, Reapers, these big robots called Reapers, scour the galaxy and kill everything, like like disinfecting a doctor's office between patients. But instead of every 45 minutes, they just do every 50,000 years. They scour the, or, uh, they scour the galaxy of uh, intelligent life. And then they let something build up. So right now you could say that we're at like 10,000 years, maybe 12,000 years. So 10,000 BC till now, which means that we've still got like 30,000 years to advance before the Reapers come in and wipe us out. But then what do the robots just control the universe for all of all of existence? Or at some point, do you just wake up and you become the Atman, the Brahman, the Godhead, the Self, and realize that this was all just a game? I don't know. But I'm happy with that podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Fuck YouTube for censoring my channel. Thank you to everyone that's bought the merch. I, I notice every sale. I track the analytics every day. So when someone buys something for 20 bucks, I do see it. So thank you so much. Please keep supporting the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I do. And um, 
I guess until the robots destroy us from orbit, we'll uh, we'll keep on keeping on. All right, guys, y'all take care.